right. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. We've got Mr. Jones, 1972, and Matt Powell with us. We've got a, a concept here, an email that Matt Powell gave. He says he wants to do 10-minute openings, 8-minute rebuttals, 30-minute open discussion, 5-minute closing statements, and perhaps a Q&A. How do you feel about that, Mr. Jones? Uh, absolutely fine. You're cool with that. Yeah. All right, so Mr. Great. Jones, if you would like to, you can start. If you want to, you have 10 minutes to do mm -hmm. your opening. Right. Um, can I share a screen? I can, I think. Sure. Uh, I, a I recorded a 10-minute, um, about a 7-minute opening statement yesterday. Um, so let's see how this goes. Hang on a sec. Whoop. Matt, is it okay if we wait until he shares and then start his time? Sure, no problem. All righty. Uh, let me get that. Uh, let me get that. There we go. Share screen. Video file. And here we go. All right, let's see what we got here. This isn't going to be some nasty stuff, is it? No, it's yeah. just me talking and uh, a couple of photos, and I have credited uh, photos on each and every I one. am the first one that my knowledge. Uh, yeah, is everything ready? Well, it's sharing on the screen. You're giving a wonderful smile. All right. All right, there we go. Oh, hey, that's my buddy Aaron Ron, the background over there. Just hey, evolution <laughs> is extremely limited. Oh, I'll never claim to be. An... Oh, I don't know why it's jumping about a bit. Ah, oh, there we go. Experts on the subject, nor have I claimed to have studied the subject to any. Uh, I don't know why it keeps pausing. I'm awfully sorry. Why is it pausing? I have no idea. Well, Perhaps it's because you're running your video and running that at the same time. It can be tough. All right. I will try and fix it. If not, uh, let's, have a, let's have another bash at this. Now, I got to warn you both. $5 for tech support Except here if I got to give it. Standard in light of this step. It's not going to work, is it? I don't think. Fling revelation. I must put my hands or put my trust in the hands of the experts. And it's not going to have it, is it? Yeah, it looks like it's uh, having a rough time there. Do you have an idea of what it is really that you were wanting to talk about there, Mr. Jones? Um... Yep, I'm, I've still got me a bit of a script written down. Uh, I have nothing to my computer's frozen. I don't believe this. Ah, oh, there we go. So I'll stop sharing and then I'll just... Uh, 
just um oh what the heck oh boy. boy no in Mine the beginning well, we're still here for you there, Mr. Jones. We do love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and now the screen's gone black. Okay. He's going to have to probably refresh and get that going. So how's your day been? How's the family? It's been good, man. Too blessed to be stressed. Um, been pretty busy. Uh, I, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this discussion. Um, so hopefully it goes well. Uh, I, I pretty much I have a an idea of what he's going to try to argue. Uh, he wanted to do like a discussion. He actually wanted it initially. He wanted a debate on the subject of did dinosaurs fart themselves to death? Monkeys surfing from Africa to South America 34 million years ago. And so I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to what he has to say. But I've been well, man. Uh, how about you? I just don't understand what the problem with these surfing monkeys is. It seems to make logical sense that a monkey can surf on seaweed for a thousand miles over the ocean with sharks in the water and everything. But that's just right. Me. Yeah, that's funny. That yeah, that is what the, that what, that is what one of them said was that that the monkeys actually surfed on seaweed across the ocean. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But. Um, I guess I guess we'll see what Mr. Jones has to say. Uh, that was what he wanted to challenge me on, so looking forward to it. Well, he may have to go through a whole uh, reloading of his computer and all that. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, there he is. Hey, how you, you are? Welcome back. Let me share this video file again. Am I audible to everyone? You sound great. Loud and clear. All right, shall we give him the time again, or how do, how do we handle this? It's up to you guys. Uh, I must be audible because everybody can see me and hear me, so I'll just go ahead and click this and see if it works. I am the right, first to admit that my knowledge... of evolution is extremely limited mr jones never claimed to be an expert on the subject nor have i claimed to come on baby come on so are you trying to uh, i did promise not to use profanity but i can't promise that anymore because of this uh, damn thing Academic standard out, in light of this. My advice would probably be to like download the video uh, and play it. Definitely revelation. I must put my hands on put. Mr. Jones, my can you hear trust it? in the hands of the expert. So let me remove that and then I'll just read it out. Oh. Mr. Jones, can you hear us? Right. Uh, am I still right. audible? All right. Uh, let's let's try to, if, if possible, let's uh, get this going. Anything. All right. Hang on a sec. Okay. Take your time. No problem. <clears throat> let's test it. 
I don't believe this. Yep. I can't hear a thing now. Oh, yeah, I can. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, please be patient with us. We're doing the best we can. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, uh, am I audible to everyone? Yes, we can hear you. Good, good, good. Right. Um, I'll have to read my opening statements. I'm awfully sorry. Uh, video for one thing or another isn't playing. So, uh, my opening statement. Now, I am the first to admit that my knowledge of evolution is extremely limited. I have never claimed to be an expert on the subject, nor have I claimed to have studied the subject to any academic standard. Uh, in light of this startling revelation, I must put my trust in the hands of the experts and list evidence that has convinced me that evolution is true and scientifically accurate. I say this with absolute confidence as I have found no evidence to explain how life evolved other than the theory of evolution. My first piece of evidence is transitional fossils and probably the best and most famous disease of these is Archaeopteryx. I did have some slides, but I'm not going to risk putting slides up. Um, a genus of bird-like dinosaurs that lived between 150 and 125 million years ago in the early Tythonian stage in the late Jurassic period. Paleontologists view Archaeopteryx as a transitional fossil between dinosaurs and modern birds. Uh, I did have a slide, but again, I'm not going to risk it. Now, how do we know that Archaeopteryx and modern birds are related? Well, feathers, for instance, uh, wings, the facula, which is the wishbone, and reduced, and reduced fingers are all characteristics of modern birds. Uh, I, again, I did have an image. Um, in conclusion, there are enough similarities between Archaeopteryx and modern birds to convince paleontologists that they are indeed related. Another example of a transitional species is Pachycetus. We do know through fossil records that Pachycetus once walked on land, but how is it related to modern day whales? Now, Pachycetus was discovered in Pakistan, lived during the Eocene period approximately 50 million years ago. And although it primarily, primarily lives its life on land, it is linked as a whale relative through its unique inner ear shape. Only whales have such an enhanced region of the ear called an auditory bullock. And Pachycetus had this too, um, this image, etc. Um, I did have an image and it shows the evolution of Pachycetus to whale in a bit more detail. And I've obviously credited the source as well. Also, as before, that is enough evidence to convince paleontologists that Pachycetus is indeed the ancestor of modern day whales. Now, on to why I wanted to uh, have this discussion with Matt and, and thank you Matt for, for accepting. Um, now on to why I really wanted this debate stroke discussion. Matt Powell's claims that evolution teaches that dinosaurs farted themselves into extinction. It is my opinion that this is simply not the case and I will show evidence, well I can't show evidence at the minute, and one of his citations, one of his citations is a woman in a dressing gown um, that we don't know the name of and simply saying that dinosaur flatulence caused an ice age and that's why they died out. Now, um, does this woman have a name? Does she have any qualifications? I honestly don't know. Um, but going on camera and simply saying dinosaurs gas themselves to death is not good enough for me. Uh, I could make a video right now. I couldn't address you guys right now and say a unicorn has just flown past my window. It doesn't make it true. Um, another citation that uh, my good friend here, Matt Powell, uses is a clip from a news program that 
reads an article from Fox News. Now, the three British scientists in question, Ewan G. Nisbet, Dr. Graham Ruxton from St. Andrews University and core researcher David Wilkinson from Liverpool John Moores University did write a paper on dinosaur emissions in uh, quotation marks. But nowhere in that paper does it claim that dinosaurs or this caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. Um, I was going to read a summary of that paper, but um, I won't do it. But in the summary, it doesn't mention uh, dinosaur extinction. Uh, another citation that Matt uses is a kid's cartoon. Now, I can't find the original clip, but I did manage to find a video several seconds longer than the clip that Matt uses. Um, in those missing, missing seconds, it implies that that cartoon is part of a longer video, and uh, the first segment is just part of uh, one part of that video. It lists many different reasons of why the dinosaurs died out, and 13 dinosaurs is apparently number 63. Um, I've screenshotted it again, I can't use it. And do, do, do. On, on the image that I was going to show, I've credited Nick the T-Rex, Nick the T-Rex's YouTube channel. Um, on his channel, it shows lots of reasons why the dinosaurs died out. One example, or one video, shows a dinosaur on a trapeze. Crazy. Um, so it's clear that none of these so-called theories should be taken seriously. Now on to the final reason why I wanted this discussion to happen. Um, surfing monkeys, I think one of our favourite topics. Uh, fossilised teeth of the Eucalopithecus monkey were found in Peru. The teeth are from a newly discovered species belonging to an extinct family of African primates known as parapetids. Fossils discovered earlier at the same site in Peru offered the first proof that South American monkeys evolved from African primates. So, how did they get from Africa to South America? Uh, the theory is, is that they got there on floating masses of land, not rafts, logs or lumps of seaweed. Um, because, and I do agree with Matt, the idea sounds implausible and a bit daft. So... They got to South America, in my opinion, on enormous land masses. Uh, I was going to show a video of the Panama Canal where an enormous land mass is floating down with trees and vegetation and the trees are still upright. Now, with millions of years ago, the seas were a lot lower, continents were a bit closer together, and with favourable currents and winds, there's no doubt in my mind that they couldn't have made that journey across the Atlantic. Um, as you can see, do 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 floating mass, right... Uh, no, uh, because in light of what I've just said, I think that it seems plausible that ancient monkeys made the journey from Africa to South America. Uh, this concludes my opening statement. And I can't hear anything. Hey. All right, Matt, are you able to, uh, did you hear what he was saying? Yep, loud and clear. Are you ready for your opening? Sounds good to me. All right, Mr. Jones, if you could be so kind, would you be able to mute your mic? That way we don't hear the papers moving around the mic. Well, I just want to say thanks to Mr. Jones for invitating, uh, sending an invitation for a discussion on this matter. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how it's going to pan out. So, um, the Bible says, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. So the Bible commands us to hold fast to the things that are good and true and right and to prove all things. And so in order for something to be science, it has to be demonstrable, testable, and provable. Um, 
let's just talk a, a minute about this whole dinosaurs farting themselves to death theory, right? I don't believe this theory. I, I don't really know of anybody who does other than some people online that are obviously a little out there, but people are actually promoting this today that dinosaurs actually tooted, warmed the planet, and then they died from global warming. So because people have decided to believe this, because people have decided to teach stuff like this, therefore, I'm gonna point it out and point out why it's absurd. I don't believe that dinosaurs farted themselves to death, but some evolutionists are out there proclaiming that dinosaurs, and of course, this one guy says, well, Matt, you've misrepresented us. We believe they tooted, he said, and it warmed the planet. That sounds even more crazy, okay? So let's check out some of these people that actually claim this. Dinosaurs right? may have gassed themselves into extinction. British researchers say the prehistoric beast had a flatulence and belching problem. <laughs> Dinosaurs did fart themselves into extinction. All their greenhouse gases caused climate change. They farted their way to extinction. I think what's important here is actually that this once and for all proves that the Creation Museum in Kentucky is wrong. Because if dinosaurs were actually farting that much, Adam and Eve would not have been that close to them hanging out. So I just want to... So these people are claiming that the creationists are wrong, Matt, because dinosaurs passed so much gas that it warmed the environment and they died from the global warming. And Mr. Jones in his video series called me a bunch of names, made a bunch of ad hominems, and I appreciate none of the ad hominems coming to this debate, and we'll try to keep it that way. But it just amazes me that this guy points this out and he takes such issue with me over this claim that dinosaurs farted themselves to death. Why are people taking issue with me over it? I'm actually combating that theory, telling people that it is ridiculous and saying that certain people are teaching this. And of course, people are saying, well, you're lying, Matt. Nobody says that dinosaurs farted themselves to death. There's people all over the place saying that. I'm just pointing out the absurdity of the supposed theory. And of course... Uh, there's a scientific paper about how uh, climate change, how the dinosaurs, sauropods in particular, warmed the environment and then died from the global warming. It doesn't say that in the paper. The paper itself says that certain extinction of certain megafauna was contributed to methane levels being too low. So in the paper, the paper itself does mention extinction. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about what actually made the dinosaurs go extinct according to evolution. And that was the asteroid striking the Yucatan Peninsula south of the Gulf, uh, Gulf of Mexico, the Chicxulub asteroid. Here's the problem with that. This asteroid that you spoke of in your videos, Mr. Jones, struck 2,000 miles away from the heart of the kill zone. The heart of where all these dinosaurs are found, catastrophically buried in sediment, by the way, is 2,000 miles from the Yucatan Peninsula. So the Chicxulub asteroid I believe that there was an asteroid that struck the peninsula, but it was a miss <laughs> 2,000 miles away. You're going to tell me that an asteroid that struck 2,000 miles away from a bunch of dinosaurs is what caused their death? Give me a break. But this is stuff that you're saying in your videos. Now, I want to go ahead and just answer a couple of these um, misrepresentations that you brought up in the beginning. You said, well, I don't know much about evolution. But what I do know is that there are transitional fossils. Hold on a second. Stephen Gould himself said that there are no missing links. The whole chain is missing. So Stephen J. Gould, who is a professional in the theory, you say, I trust the professionals. That's what the professionals say. There are no missing links. The whole chain is missing. There are no missing links. That's why they're defined as the missing links, because they are missing. And if we are supposedly able to find transitional fossils, 
we should find more transitional fossils than the actual kinds of fossils that we find with the species. We should see a clear project, a clear uh, speciation from you know Australopithecus afarensis, Lucy, all the way up to Cro-Magnon man and Peking man, and then all of a sudden you've got humans at the end of this line. Uh, you know, and here's the thing: even if we grant it, even if I grant that there are homologous uh, structures, that there are transitional fossils, uh, the homologous structures are no problem for creationism. I have no problem saying that there are certain things that could appear as a transition because we build in homologous patterns. And God himself, if we're made in the image of God, he probably would have done the same thing, built creation in homologous patterns. That's why we share DNA uh, with certain animals. It doesn't mean we descended from those animals. It means that we are all made up of the same material, DNA, stuff that is vital for life. So in the center of the United States, I'm going to kind of go for the jugular here. We find the dinosaur peninsula. Now, in the dinosaur peninsula, contains thousands and thousands of dinosaur graveyards. Now, within these uh, dinosaur graveyards are thousands of dinosaurs. And in particular, we find a million square miles of dinosaurs that were catastrophically buried. Let me ask you a question, folks. What would cause a million square miles of land to get buried catastrophically and for dinosaurs to be buried in an asphyxiated position? The only way to explain that is Noah's flood. These dinosaurs died in asphyxiated positions. They were choking on mud as the water was coming in and burying them in sediments. Uh, they, they arched their necks back. This is a T-Rex fossil of a T-Rex that died under 50 feet of sediment, and it had suffocated to death. There is no other way to explain these fossils than the flood of Noah. Now, people can try to argue against the flood of Noah. They can try to say that it's not a fact, that it's nothing more than a fairy tale. I heard one guy say, oh, it's just so crazy. Do you think that the earth could be flooded? Look, we live on what's known as the water planet. Hello, 71% of the earth is currently covered by water. Sort of say, oh, it's so superstitious to think that there could have been a global flood. That's just absolutely false. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, and, and one of the reasons that we know that these dinosaurs were buried in the recent past is because they contain soft materials inside the bones. In fact, there are 16 types of bioorganic materials that should have degraded if deep time evolution were true. 16 types, histones, blood cells, blood vessels, hemoglobin in the blood cells. You're going to try to say that iron cross-linking could preserve this for 65 million years? That's absolutely false. Absolutely false on absolutely every level. We know that dinosaurs lived recently because of bioorganic material that would have biodegraded over the deep time of millions of years. I'm not saying all this to come off as some arrogant person or something. I know that I speak in a way that is just very straightforward and to the point, but I would rather offend people with the truth than comfort them with some buttered over message. Okay, this is the truth. We find over 16 types of bioorganic materials, skin pigments, blood cells, blood vessels. We even find histones inside of dinosaur bones. You can't tell me that this lasted for 65 million years. Evidence doesn't lie, and bioorganic material will always degrade over time. <clears throat> we find plant life inside of dinosaurs contained, uh, perfectly preserved inside of dinosaur stomachs even. Again, is this stuff going to last for 65 million years? You have to ask yourself that. Now, the column that he was appealing to in his open statement is known as the geologic column. And they say that we all, all evolve from a sponge and that over time, over generations and variations of change in allele frequencies, that we all of a sudden became human. So you go from the goo to you, the zoo to you, and so forth. 
Well, the problem with that is, is that this geologic column, if you actually look closely at the rock layers, you can tell they were all laid down in one event. It's not that there was slow, uh, long periods of time as these layers were getting laid down. And the reason that we know that is because of these bent rock layers. Brett, how much time do I have left? You have a few more minutes. Cool. So if you look at the pictures here that I have up on my screen, these are bent rock. Now, what happens if you try to bend hard rock? It will break. According to evolution, these mountains slowly formed via slope and gradual plate tectonic shifts. Well, if that were the case, these rocks would, be bent, or would not be bent, they would be crumbled rock. You cannot bend hard rock. Yet we find perfectly bent hard rock all across the world in these mountain, in these mountain ranges. This is just great evidence that these were all laid down and then plate tectonics pushed them up and then they lithified together all those layers in one event. And another reason that we know that, and you can see beautiful photos here of these bent rock layers, we have trees connecting all of the layers. You can't tell me that these layers were slowly laid down over millions of years in the Paleozoic, Mesozoic, and Archaeozoic ages, Mr. Powell. This is all absolutely falsified, absolutely false. And this would wipe out the whole idea that we evolved from a sponge as well via transitional fossils that they can't even name one. You, you refer to Archaeopteryx. Archaeopteryx and uh, what's the other one? There's Archaeopteryx. There's also, um, there's also one that they refer to for land to, um, land to sea animals. Look, you should be finding hundreds of thousands. You should be finding millions of transitional fossils. Lucy, I believe, was a fossil that was found scattered, a, a, a bunch of different uh, fragments scattered over a 200-mile area or a two-mile area. And yet they put it together. They couldn't even tell uh, what it was, but they just concluded this must be the ancestor of all humans. Absolutely false. Back on track here. You know, we find these polystrata fossils. We find whales on mountains. Look, this wipes away the geologic column. The whale is perfectly preserved on top of this California mountain here, for example. We find clams in the closed position on top of Mount Everest, 29,000 feet above sea elevation. Look, this is absolute proof that these things were buried catastrophically because the clams were closed and pushed up the mountain through catastrophic plate tectonic movements. It had to be catastrophism, identical amounts of C14 in all these coal seams. C14 only lasts 50,000 years. The half-life is 5,730 years. And if it was truly uh, this decay rate that they say, and truly the ages that they say, there would be no C14 in these bottom layers. But yet they all register statistically the same amount of C14. We find C14 in dinosaur bones as well. It's, uh, you know, just collagen, hemoglobin in the blood, blood cells. Anybody who believes that those things would last for 65 million years, you'd have to be gullible, folks. And I'll end with this point. When the crust of the earth was broken up like an eggshell and subduction of rapid plate tectonics was going on, we would predict that certain of the crust of the earth would be subducted into the mantle and, of course, would cause catastrophic plate tectonics and create the mountains that we see today. But one of the things that I'd like uh, Mr. Jones here to notice is that we find cold slabs of rock that sink 500 miles down into Earth's hot molten mantle that have not heated up yet. If slow and gradual plate tectonics was what caused those rocks to get there, they would have been uniform with the temperature on the ground. This is 5,000 degree molten rock, yet there's 10 mile thick pieces of cold rock down in the mantle of the Earth. You can't tell me that slow and gradual geologic change and uniformitarianism is the answer. Naturalism never did any good for science. Catastrophism 
is what best explains geology. Catastrophism is what best explains the past. And so the present is not the key to the past, my friends. The key to the past, the key to the present is actually the past. And so um, with that being said, I think I should close out. But of course, they'll say, well, let's give our side, Matt. What about our side? Okay, here's your side. Here's how you date rocks. You determine the age of the fossils, the rocks by, uh, look at this, World Book Encyclopedia. It says the age of the rocks may be determined by the fossils found in them. But you determine the age of the fossils by finding out the age of the, which the rocks in which they lie. So you date the fossils by the rocks, rocks by the fossils. Circular arguments, absolutely indefensible. Surfing monkeys. What's your evidence that these monkeys surfed across there? You found a fossilized tooth? Fossils mean catastrophic burial. And how are monkeys going to survive a 900-mile journey back when the continents were closer even? That's still 900 miles with no fresh water. Sharks in the water. Currents that somehow took them across when currents take you up or down. It's an indefensible position. And I think that that should be pointed out and made very abundantly clear. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next section that we're going to be working on here is 30-minute open discussion. Well, weren't we going to do cross, or not cross-examination, but... Rebuttals, um, Rebuttals, so eight-minute rebuttals. Okay. I was looking at how you had it categorized. Said 10-minute openings, eight-minute rebuttals, 30-minute open discussion, or do you want to go straight to rebuttals? Let's do rebuttals. I'm, right, I'm easy that, either right? way. Rebuttal sounds good. <clears throat> okay. Um, evolution teaches teaching dino facts. Uh, no, I didn't learn that at school. Uh, my children didn't learn that at school. I don't know any school that teaches uh, dino facts as part of um, why the dinosaurs died out. I can only find stuff like that on YouTube. Um, it's not in any schools that I've ever seen before or any colleges or any universities. Um, I never said that you believe that dinosaurs fight themselves to death. I said that's what you said evolution teaches. Um, I did mention the paper, and it doesn't mention dinosaur extinction at all. Uh, I mentioned uh, meteorites. Yeah, a massive meteorite. Um, if you remember the Chernobyl disaster back in the 80s, that covered thousands and thousands of miles. So in my mind... Uh, an asteroid hitting the planet will affect something thousands of miles away. It will kick up a lot of dust, it will kick up a lot of iridium, and it will block out the sun. And that's and that's the asteroid theory, which was on the same page as um, a book that you quoted. Um, Dinosaur Peninsula, uh, as I understand it, that's a creationist invention. Um, asphyxiated dinosaurs, yes, that could be... And one of the one of the theories why the dinosaurs died out is a few or several massive volcanic eruptions, or uh, obviously a meteorite hitting the earth. Um, the and that would asphyxiate dinosaurs if it blocks out the sun, kicks up a load of dust. The dust comes down, chokes all the dinosaurs, and that's how that's how they could have died out. But the honest answer is, we just simply don't know. Science doesn't, it has many theories, doesn't have answers, unfortunately. Um, we got about three or four minutes in, and I'm hearing a lot of evolution bashing. I'm not hearing a lot of 
God did this, and here's the proof, and here's the evidence that God did it. I'm just hearing a lot of evolution bashing. Um, you mentioned Lucy, uh, Australopithecus afarensis. No, about a million years before that was Ardi, A-R-D-I, uh, considered the earliest human, uh, or the earliest human ancestor, one of the earliest human ancestors. Whales on mountains, before um when the before the tectonic plates collided and the mountains obviously the earth was flat whale could have died on the, uh, on the thing one second one second somebody's got their mic open and it's causing echoes we gotta do fix that so we can hear what's being said clearly go ahead no it's not me there's no background noise for me we're good now it sounds like is everything okay okay uh, whales on mountains, clams on mountains. Before the mountains formed, they could have died, sank to the bottom when they when they uh, got buried under sediment and rock. And when the plates collided and made mountains, that would have pushed the fossils up to the top of the mountains. Um, fossils dating, yes, um, radiometric dating. I don't know much about it. Sometimes fossils are dated within the rocks that they're found in, but sometimes they also date fossils completely on their own using radiometric dating. Um, he seemed to have a problem with circular reasoning. Um, God said he did everything in six days. Where does it say this? It says it in the Bible. Is the Bible the word of God? Yes, it is. Again, uh, that seems like circular reasoning to me. And that's, uh, I think that's the end of my uh, rebuttal. Thank you. All right, uh, Matt. Mentioned Matt, um, thanks, for, thanks for accepting or thanks for agreeing to do this. Sure thing. Yeah, so actually, I'm going to just answer your stuff real quick, and then I'm actually just going to continue this. So um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, schools don't say this. Yeah, I never said in this debate that school or this discussion that schools are out there teaching that to people. Never said that um, about the dinosaurs farting themselves to death. Um, let's see. That this asteroid, you said that this asteroid would kick up a lot of dust, and that's how they got buried with dust and, and maybe some volcanism included. Well, I'm sorry, they're buried with sea life. They're buried with crustaceans. They're buried with fish. They're buried in mud, sedimentary rock. So they were buried in the mud that killed them, the mud that was washed up. And let me ask you a question, folks. What would cause a wave to encompass the entire United States or at least half of the United States uh, what kind of catastrophic event would be able to do that and bury those dinosaurs with sea life, with crustaceans? So that's what you're leaving out. Uh, yes, you're, you're taking certain things that are accurate into account. Is, was there volcanism? Absolutely. There was widespread volcanism during the flood. So, of course, we would expect some of that to uh, play into there as well. But the fact that you find sea life in there is kind of the, the dead giveaway that it wasn't just some asteroid striking up a little bit of dust and that that's how they went extinct. No, they were buried with sea creatures. They were buried in the center of the United States and they were buried in the heart of a kill zone via choking on mud, choking on the mud that buried, that buried them. And so, like I said, the asphyxiated positions along with the sea life and crustaceans that are buried with them and fish, it's a dead giveaway. Uh, and then also uh, you mentioned radiometric dating. I mean, that was one of the last things that you mentioned. Radiometric isotopes can be created in a lab, and the next day they date as millions of years old. So is radiometric dating true? Absolutely not. Radiometric dating is 100% false. In fact, in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted, and it created igneous uh, lava that flowed down the side of the mountain. 
And when it had lithified, some scientists took, and 10 years after uh, it had lithified, they sent the rock samples, five different rock samples, to five different laboratories known as the Geochron Laboratories, all of our best. And the ages that they came back with were astounding. The first rock came back as 340,000 years old. Now keep in mind, this is rock that's less than 10 years old, but it was radiometrically dated. The second sample came back as 350,000 years old. One sample came back as 900,000 years old. One sample actually came back as 7 million years old. Now remember, this is the, the, the method that Mr. Jones here just referenced as being reliable method to date the crust of the earth. Absolutely false. The last sample came back in that study as 2.8 million years old. No rock of known age has ever been dated accurately. So if we can't rely on radiometric dating to tell us the actual dates of rocks of known age, rocks that have lith lithified in the recent past that we've seen, how can we trust them for rocks of unknown age, okay? And then number two, you're assuming that when the rock solidified that there was no daughter element present in the rock. You're assuming that there was no contamination. You're assuming that the rate of decay has always been the same as it was in the past, as it was in the present. So you're assuming all of these things. I'm sorry, science is not based on assumptions. Science is based on facts, st statistics, that which we've demonstrated to be true. So I could not honestly even consider radiometric dating because there are so many false assumptions that go into it that completely falsify it. Like I said, you can create new radiometric isotopes in a lab and the next day they date as millions of years old, brand new isotopes. So if we could reshare my screen one more time, guys. Um, I'm just, just gonna continue this. So that answer is pretty much all of the falsehoods that you just spoke there. Um, and this is misinformation. I feel like I have to deal with this because this is misinformation that constantly gets brought up. You didn't address that monkeys are freshwater animals. They could not drink salt water, it would have killed them. Even PZ Myers, when he responded to me on this matter, he said, look, he said, uh, these monkeys must have been so thirsty getting off uh, at the raft at South, at South America. They must have been thirsty and hungry. Even PZ Myers knew that they are not saltwater animals. They are freshwater animals. It was saltwater back 34 million years ago. So you have to justify them surviving uh, over, I believe, 50 days without any water, with sharks in the water. And you got on video and said, surfing monkeys, surfing dinosaurs. Matt, it's perfectly plausible. My friend, <laughs> I, sometimes I, I, I don't know quite how to deal with stuff like this, these theories that are, are out there, but I do my best to bring my opposition. Uh, 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 you know, there's one guy who said that they rafted on seaweed. That sounds even more crazy. And I know that's not your position, but let's get back on track here. Let's talk about some actual legitimate science. Now, according to your model, it takes 10,000 years to get a fossil to form. Yet we find fossilized ripples of water. Now keep in mind, surface area smooth out very quickly. Is a surface area of water ripples gonna sit there in the ground for 10,000 years waiting to be fossilized? Really let that sink in. We find fossilized raindrops. We find um, fossilized tracks. Again, these surface areas had to be buried so quickly and protected so quickly in order to be preserved. And if I'm incorrect on this, I am compelled by reason to change my position. See, that's the difference between me and evolution. If I'm wrong, I can change. If something with evolution is wrong, it's protected by law and cannot be thought outside of within the classroom. If you do think outside of it, you will get mocked. You will get ridiculed. You'll lose your funding. People say, you're in this for the money, Matt. False. If I wanted to be popular, I could come out as an atheist tomorrow, you know, one of these non-believers, 
and declare, there, I don't think there is a God. I lack belief in God and make a bunch of money. A bunch of people would support me. Now, here's how your model, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, explains these tracks that are fossilized. They actually expect us to believe in the evolution timeline that these dinosaurs dove down into the water and that their footprints didn't get smoothed out by the water. I, sometimes I just feel like, I, I don't even know what to say. Look, it's like me going back to my uh, childhood lake, Lake Superior, and looking for tracks that I had made when I was five. They're not going to be there. They would have smoothed out. But they expect you to believe in this textbook here that those tracks did not get smoothed out by the water, but they, they just slowly sat there and fossilized. False. Your, your model also says that rodents cross South Atlantic. The reason I'm pointing these things out is because we... It, we are comparing two models here. We're, we're comparing the creation model to the evolution model. You have to prove why creation is false. That's what science does is we falsify uh, certain theories. We're in this to falsify things. I'm not here to prove creation to you, although I could very easily, whether you accept it or not. You said that you're not presenting any proof for creation. Okay, here's some proof right now. The fact that time, space, and matter is here right now is proof that God exists. The fact that you and I are able to have this conversation is proof that God exists. The fact that matter and energy is around us is proof that God exists, or it's proof that nothing caused, an nothing caused nothing to explode or expand, as you guys like to say, which is just a hermeneutical game to make it sound a little better, and then expanded into everything that we have today. Either nothing caused the explosion in the beginning or somebody created everything in the beginning. If there is no God, that means nothing would have had to cause nothing to explode. Look, evolution... <clears throat> is defined as changing allele frequencies over time. Descent with inherent modification. Look, these modifications that we're seeing even today are deleterious. A mutation is even deleterious by the very definition of what it even is. So this is information that we need to make sure to give uh, clear examples of. And we need to make sure to leave no rock or stone unturned. How much time do I have left? Are we pretty much at the end here? Mr. Jones, do you feel that you uh, have anything to say about uh, what he has said? And if you want to also come back with whatever he says, it's okay. Tongue so, good, guys. So are we doing a 30-minute open discussion at this point? Uh, it's, it's up to you guys, really. What would you like to have happen here? Um, I'm, I'm easy either way. I will work around anything. I guess let's just go into the open discussion. Can do um, I'd just like to ask you, it's not, um, evolution doesn't disprove creation. Evolution is, like you said, it's descent with inherent genetic modification. It really couldn't give a monkeys what creation does or if creation exists. And I'm still hearing a lot of evolution bashing, but I'm not hearing any. Well, I heard your version of what um of a god's of your god's existence and that's time space of matter but couldn't any god have created that or is it just your god so are you conceding that there's a, there's a possibility for god right there no i did once in a discussion with uh, brett Keane, but then i read up on i read up on everything and uh, i still maintain that the big bang theory is the best explanation of how the universe um, yeah, but are, are you but are you saying that it's possible that God created the universe? No, I'm asking you. No, I'm asking I'm asking you. I'm saying that just because right, say you debunk evolution, does that prove creation? 
Well, it proves that we didn't get here via mutations. No, via does it prove creation? That's what I absolutely, asked. Does it prove either creation? We appeared via absolutely, because either we appeared via magic, just out of nowhere, poof, or we were created. If we did not evolve, we were created. I mean, that's why, why isn't it acknowledged right there? Well, why isn't there? A, why isn't there another option? Why is it always created? Well, go ahead and give another evolution. option. Either either nothing created the universe or something created the universe. Give another option. There is no other oh, option. That, either God created what, the world. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Itself. Yeah, that's well, that's that what, what I'm saying. saying. I'm saying you're asking me for just, another option. There is no other option. Either right, either gentlemen, gentlemen, into existence. Yep, sir. gentlemen, if you speak at the same time, the audio becomes all gargly and people can't hear you out there. Ah, uh, sorry about that. You, you guys have been doing great, so please just wait until the other person. Anyway, turn the volume thought. up on the account. All right. Mr. Jones, let me ask you this. Do you believe that an explosion out of chaos produced order? No. Okay, well, an explosion out of chaos would be defined as this. And Stephen Hawking said, and I quote, that if the expansion rate would have changed by one part out of 100,000 million million after the Big Bang, just one second after, nothing would exist. So one out of 100,000 million million chances is pretty chaotic, right? Yeah, it is. Well, scientists can be wrong. Science, science is a self-correcting process. So are you admitting now that it, is, that it is an explosion out of chaos that produced order? No, I'm saying it's a rapid expansion out of um, the Big Bang Theory is rapid expansion from an intensely hot, dense singularity. So what caused the explosion? We don't know. That's a simple okay, answer. But, we don't know. Okay, but what do you think is more likely then? Intelligent design or nothing causing it to explode? Well, we don't know. So we can't, we can't say it's nothing caused something to explode because we simply don't know what happened just before the Big, uh, just before the big Bang. We simply right, don't so, know. So do you believe that everything existed, all the planets, stars, galaxies, and oceans, as energy inside the Big Bang in an infinitely infinitesimally small dot? No, because the Big Bang theory doesn't teach that. I've heard you say on I've heard you say on video that you know all the water you can, um, and I've heard and I've heard uh, Kent Orvin say that you know all this water and all the animals and all the things and all the rest of it were condensed into this tiny little dot. And it's simply not true. The Big Bang theory doesn't teach that it was a hot, dense singularity that rapidly expanded. We didn't even have light for the first three hundred thousand years. We didn't even have any stars for millions of years after that. And, of, and we obviously know that stars, uh, that planets come from stars. So, so stellar evolution had, hadn't taken place yet, stellar evolution? Not for a few million years, no. Not, so, after the, not for a few so million years after time, the Big Bang. So if, you, if you give it enough time, you'll go from an explosion from an infinitely dense hot point to all of time, space, and matter, not in its present form, but over millions of years, these rocks would evolve and create themselves, right? Just say that again, sorry. So you're saying that everything in the universe existed via a dot of energy before it was uh, matter, exploded yeah. and created matter. Expanded. Okay, we didn't even have- created matter. Yeah, we didn't so even have matter for, uh, I think millions of years. I can't remember the exact um, timeline, but um, it created electrons, uh, right at the start of the Big Bang, um, they started whizzing round and whizzing round, and started creating atoms, yeah. atoms and stuff, and that created matter, and then it went well, created, um, forming matter, and then that's that's generally how it did it. 
Okay, so then millions and millions of years later, after the two million years of rainfall, and we have the primordial soup come into play, I heard you say in a video that it was likely that lightning struck Earth, and that was where the first single-celled organism emerged. That's, Is that your that's one of the theories, yeah. So don't you, what happens, what, what would happen if lightning was to strike one of us right now? Isn't that deleterious by definition? Wouldn't that destroy anything that's living in the premises or anything that could possibly live in the future? Yeah, it would. But, yes, it would. But so how, how is that? How is that evidence of of a biogenesis? How is lightning striking mud something that is deleterious by the very definition going to somehow assemble a cell? Well, do you not uh, do you not think that? Um, uh, I'm sorry, Brett, but. Science, science is a self-correcting process. Yes, it is. Um, have you ever noticed that after a, uh, after a lightning storm, that suddenly your, your plants grow at an exponential rate? I've noticed this in my garden. Lightning strikes the ground, and then you know the plants start sprouting out of nowhere. That's what okay, I've experienced. Okay, but do we have any examples of life coming from non-life, and specifically lightning? It's the irony. No, no, no. That's that's the that's another theory altogether. The, the the theory that I happen to trust is the RNA first, which somehow okay. I don't know how it works. I honestly don't know how it works. But the RNA first, and it went into DNA, and it started forming like very very primitive life, single cell organisms, if you like. That's the theory that, that I happen to I am to trust. And that is actually the theory that most people adhere to. But here's the problem. Check this article out. It says. The first healthy organic molecules may have formed within tiny droplets. And all scientists agree pretty much for the most part that the creation of life involved water according to this article. But check this out. How does DNA get destroyed? Just Google it sometime. It says DNA is vulnerable. This is taken from a scientific paper. It says DNA is vulnerable. It breaks down in sunlight and in water. What was the RNA world like? Sunlight and water. The very thing that destroys DNA you think could assemble DNA via RNA processes? No, no. That is the claim. No, that's well. I'll have to read up on that because uh, that's this is abiogenesis and not. So uh, you're you're saying that you believe in this RNA process, but you don't even know what the RNA process is. This is this RNA to DNA that. process. Well, I've just said that I don't understand the full the the, the RNA yet to DNA. Yeah, you're here. Yeah, you're here defending it and saying that it's logical and rational. And I'm pointing out where. Yeah, it's but it's still not evolution, evolution though. It's abiogenesis. It's not evolution. Okay, but it's defined as chemical evolution. So it is evolution. It's part of the evolutionary process. It's of, not part of the theory of evolution, no. Abiogenesis well, is not part of the theory of evolution. It is defined as chemical evolution. Anybody can look it up. It's, it's not part as, of the theory of evolution. Well, let's okay, then let's talk about the theory of evolution, descent with modification. When do you see an animal changing from a different from one kind of animal into another? Define kind. I.e. able to reproduce. When do you see a certain family or kind of animal but merging all life on this planet is able to reproduce? Or, or better yet, how about since you brought up the whole surfing monkeys thing and how it's so plausible, why don't you uh, address the fact that these were salt? This is salt water that they're floating across. How do they survive for weeks and weeks without any water? Well, I explained in the video, and I explained on the opening statement that there was lots of vegetation on this um, enormous land mass that we're floating down the pan. Yeah, vegetation is the... food. Vegetation is food. We're talking about water. What did they Yes, you can get water from food. 
So, okay, so now you're... Okay, grass contains water, lettuce, conti where, lettuce is 90% is water, bananas where, contain water, fruit contains water. Okay, correct, but where is your evidence? We contain water. You're going to take them north or south. Is it going to take them 900 miles across the ocean? Well, I'm not saying the very first monkeys jumped on a jumped on a raft and then surfed across. I'm not saying that it was a raft. You're arguing that it was a, a vegetation. Well, a floating mass, a floating mass. Yeah, I'm not saying that one group of monkeys jumped on a raft and the very first journey carted them all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there could have been many, many land masses that snapped off and one of them one out of ten could have made it across i'm not saying they all survived so what okay but what did they what did they drink what there was no fresh water you're saying that somehow there was they they stored fruit with them on these, no on these no i didn't say that at all mats? i didn't say that i said what i said was that these because again we simply don't know but this is the the best theory, as it were, that seems to fit the facts. We found fossilized teeth in Peru. Um, we know that they originated from parapetids in uh, Africa. So how did they make the journey from Africa to South America? Now, the best theory is that they got there from a landmass that snapped off from Africa and got all the way to South America. I'm not saying the first one did it, I'm not saying the second one did it. But what I'm saying is that masses of vegetation can snap off and sustain um, one or two monkeys, if you will, that I, got across. I'm not going to argue that vegetation mats cannot be snapped off of certain places and carry certain pieces of vegetation and so forth, biological organisms across certain areas. Of course, we've observed that. But 900 miles, 900 miles. Really let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you're actually advocating that for 900 miles, they rafted across <laughs> on a vegetation mat. And let me ask you this. You never, you, you never actually addressed really any of my arguments about fossilization, about I addressed every single one of yours, but you never yeah, well, addressed the, evolution. the dinosaur, the dinosaur uh, pres uh, preserved tissues. Uh, how do you think that these tissues were preserved? Do you think that they really died out 65 million years ago? Mary Schweitzer, uh, a devout Christian, I understand. What's that? Say that again. Uh, Mary Schweitzer, a devout Christian, discovered remains of blood cells in dino fossils, later discovered soft tissue remains in T-Rex. Uh, the specimen was pregnant when she, when uh, apparently the uh, the T-Rex died, poor bugger. Um, can I just ask Pat King before you, before you start? Brett? Yes, I'm here. Uh, I thought you was going to remain neutral. I am. But I can see in the side chat here. I can see in the side chat here, Matt is correct. Chemical evolution refers to changes in things that need not be capable of reproduction. I thought oh, he was going to remain neutral. Well, I thought I wasn't supposed to speak up in voice, but I'm just typing over here. It, it, I am correct. It is defined as chemical evolution. I mean, you can say yeah, well, chemical evolution is not part of the theory of evolution. Yes, but it is a theory within evolutionary theory, if you will. No, it isn't because it is defined as because it is defined as well. Then you're just not educated on this topic because anybody can go to Google and look up chemical evolution, and the first thing that pops up is the synthesis of original life, the synthesis of the first single-celled organisms, the synthesis. Well, that's it, biogenesis. Mr. The, the, Jones, I apologize if I've offended first, you. I will remain out of text as well as voice for now on. Okay. No, I'm not saying you remain. Out of, I'm not saying you stay at the side chat. I'm just saying you remain neutral, as you said you would be. All right. Well, I so, apologize if that upsets you. you. I will not do it again. 
Thank you. So, Mr. Jones, you mentioned Mary Schweitzer, right? And yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, but when they were actually excavating these bones, the stench of death was still there in the Hell Creek Formation. They said they reported that they could still smell the stench, the, the stench of death. And within these dinosaur bones contained blood hemoglobin in the cells, as well as remains uh, off vessels and stretchy material. So how could this stuff last for 65 million years if your model is correct? Well, I don't know. I'm not, uh, like I said, I'm not training. Uh, I said it right at the top of the thing that my knowledge of evolution isn't, isn't, um, uh, isn't up to scratch at all. Um, but, but Mary Schweitzer, okay, fair I enough. did read up on Mary Schweitzer and she said she discovered remains of blood cells in dino fossils later discovered soft, soft tissue remains in t-rex now i don't know how long um i don't know how uh, soft tissue survived in t-rex i honestly don't know but you think it's plausible to believe that it survived for 65 million years with differentiate differentiating temperatures in the ground and sitting there within the hell creek formation that's well, what you're left in the light of any uh, that in is the light of any other have, evidence then yeah you'd have to defend that blood cells lasted in the ground and you're defending this right now for 65 hmm. million years with proteins and also dinosaurs that have grass inside of their stomachs we've even found dinosaur feces mr jones with yes i know with fecal matter that somehow lasted 65 million years and we found out that these dinosaurs ate grass which again was a prediction that we made on our model, but that was failed on the evolutionist side. Let me ask you this. I, I don't want to ask all the questions here. How today. did it fail? What's that? How did it fail? Well, because evolution taught that grass actually evolved via 55 million years ago, but dinosaurs died out 65 million, million years ago. So dinosaurs but never saw grass because they didn't find grass in the fossil record, but we actually analyzed copperlites, dinosaur dung, and found that they actually ate grass but and they so have found us yeah but they have found a species of grass that existed when dinosaurs existed i'm sorry they found a species of grass or one particular kind of grass that um existed when dinosaurs existed yeah but the point that i was making and anybody can google this is that no grass existed during the time of the dinosaurs that grass well, had I just not said there was yet i just said there was they found some I, I can't really hear what you're saying. It's kind of mumbling on the mic. I think it's your mic. I don't think it's you. Nice. Well, anyways, I, I, I think I should. I, I think what we should do, uh, Brett. How much? How many more minutes do we have? Hello, Brett. You there? Brett. So let's let's talk about evolution then, because you said that evolution, uh, you know, basically means change over time. Well, I believe in change over time, but I'm not an evolutionist. And so you could define me as an evolutionist just because I believe in change over time. But these changes over generations, over these populations are deleterious by definition. What part of the mutation through selection mechanism that is required to drive evolution is is verifiably scientific and that we can observe today. Um, you mean beneficial mutations? I'm talking about a mutation, a, a group of mutations that would drive a fish to a fisherman, like evolution teaches. 
No, it doesn't teach that at all. You, so you don't believe that there were generations and via variations that we descended from? Over millions of years. They're still eukaryotes. Right. So just because they're eukaryotes means that we're related, correct? That's right, yeah. So still you know yeast is a eukaryote as well, right? Sorry? Yeast is a eukaryote as well. Yes. So that means we're related to yeast, according to you. That means we're related to pine trees and elephants because they're eukaryotic organisms. Well, you could argue that squids and uh, pens are related because they squirt ink. You could argue mm -hmm. that the clouds, because they have water inside of them, and watermelon has water inside of it, is some, is, uh, somehow watermelon and clouds are related, ladies and gentlemen, because they have well, a is a pen characteristic. In your opening statement, you literally said dinosaurs and birds both have a very, very similar wishbone. Therefore, they're related. I'm sorry, that is not is evidence. Is a pen related. a eukaryote? Say that again. Is a pen a eukaryote? Is a what a eukaryote? A pen. You mentioned squids a pen, and pens. A pen, is not, a pen is not a eukaryote. I'm just pointing out, and neither is an Thank octopus. You. But I'm just saying that just because certain things have similar characteristics doesn't mean that they come from common descent. That's not. It's just common ancestor. From common ancestry, common descent. That they well, share a common ancestor because they have. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> because well, for one, we only see animals producing within their families, and then number two, if we look at the genetic makeup of certain animals, for example, the Y chromosome of a human versus the Y chromosome of a chimp, we have a, a somewhat similar Y chromosome. Well. Evolutionists have concluded that based on the Y chromosome analysis, that somehow we are we, we descended from chimps because we have a similar Y chromosome. Well, look, we Monkeys. have more in common with a gorilla's Y chromosome than a chimp's Y chromosome. So does that mean we descended from gorillas? No. It means that we share certain DNA barcodes with certain of the creation that's around us because we're all coded with the same code for life via DNA. So... Of course, we would expect there to be similarities. We'd expect for certain organisms like ourselves to be eukaryotes. So what? Big deal. It doesn't prove that we are related to pine trees or elephants or yeast. It's so the, the let me proof is on you to show how that how we are related just because we're eukaryotes. Let me ask you this. Is a red squirrel and a gray, and a gray squirrel the same kind? I'm sorry, you're coming in and out so much. Can you, can you? Is the red squirrel that? and the gray squirrel the same kind? I would say so. Why can't they interbreed? Because when populations reproduce, what happens is when these certain kinds reproduce, reductive traits come into play. For example, you might have a set of parents that will actually produce offspring that are interfertile. It's, it's not an example of evolution, my friend. This is, this is an example of reductive process to where they can no longer reproduce, something that we would predict in the creation model. But it's they're the same kind. And in the Bible, it says the animals of the same kind will bring forth after their kind. But you just, right. said, you just said that red squirrels and gray, and gray squirrels are the same kind of animal. Yes, but everything, but certain kinds will actually so get your Bible's to a point wrong. where they can no longer, I'm explaining, there are certain kinds that get to a point where they can no longer interbreed because they have diversified and because entropy has occurred to those organisms, it is, it is reductive. So what you're claiming is proof of evolution or even possible, this is how we drive evolution is speciation. Well, number one, they're still part of the same family or genus. And then number two, these organisms 
um, these organisms are reductive when they can no longer uh, in, be interfertile. That's reductive by definition. That's part of the fall. That's part of sin. That's part of mutations entering in and making it so certain creatures can no longer interbreed. It goes perfectly with our model. The burden of proof would be on you to explain how you go from the goo to you or even from ape to man via mutations. Well, I've still not had an answer because does the Bible say that animals will bring forth? I ask you a question. Excuse me. Excuse me. Just one sec. I, I don't know personally. I don't know how we got from it. Just the theory of evolution teaches that we was all eukaryotes, and eukaryotes produced I eukaryotes. I explained to you why that's wrong. Just because we are eukaryotes and pine trees are eukaryotes doesn't mean that we share a common ancestor with pine trees. It means that we're all made up of the same genetic, uh, of similar genetic material that is code for life because we all live on one planet. The way that these genes are expressed are very different. And the way that the certain barcodes of DNA and us are expressed are very different than that of a pine tree. Just because we have, uh, that we are eukaryotes doesn't mean that we descended from a common ancestor with a pine tree. It means, Why? I mean, you look at the differences Why? versus the similarities and the differences well outweigh the similarities. Why? No. Why Why are we not this? Uh, see, start from you, Carrier. Uh, I've made some notes. Where are we? I mean, I understand what you're trying to say, Mr. Jones, and I'm not trying to be down on you. But look, you could literally argue that me and another animal, let's say a cat, have a common ancestor just because we both have eyes. That is literally the argument that you're presenting in this discussion. No, it isn't. You're saying that, because okay, because we're eukaryotes, because we have a certain type of cell, therefore, and that we share this certain type of cell with another creature, therefore, we came from a uh, common ancestor. We're related, yes. Yeah, so would you make the same argument about having eyes or five toes or... Uh, let's say, um, family size. I mean, where do you draw the line on this? Well, this it depends which... On paper. This is nothing more than propaganda. Well, it and... depends which taxonomic category you want to come from. Because the domain, which is which is at the top of the tree, is eukarya, which is eukaryotes. And then it goes to animalia. And then the phylum, the class, the order, the family, the genus, the species. But right at the top of the tree, there, is domain. And you and I'd still like to get an answer to this question, um, because you said some something about mutations. Um, but you said that the same kind of animal. Why can't red squirrels and gray squirrels reproduce? I already explained that to you twice, but I'll explain it to you again. They are interfertile because of the fall, because of reductive evolution. See, we are devolving. You believe we are evolving. We're becoming better, but this proves that these kinds of animals—they're actually becoming reductive in a sense they can't reproduce anymore that means that that is not evolution that is de-evolution by definition evolution and doesn't mean better evolution means descent with inherent genetic modification yeah. but those modifications need to be able to make it so they can survive in a new environment now keep this in mind i believe that Microevolution is true. Yes, we adapt to our environments. We will make changes, but that is because of heterozygosity that's been built into us. And when these red and gray squirrels, they can no longer be interfertile, that's just an example of heterozygosity going from heterozygosity to homozygosity to where they can no longer reproduce. It doesn't mean 
that we all descended from a common ancestor. It means that things are becoming worse over time and we are becoming less and less fertile as a population. I mean, we've even looked at uh, sperm cells in male humans and from generation to generation, we're losing sperm cells. We're losing the ability to reproduce. From generation to generation, entropy is occurring. We have 100 to 200 more mutations than our parents had, Mr. Jones. What that means is that we are more mutant than them. We die from mutations. These mutations are, are defined as neutral, but they cannot be weeded out by natural selection. So if mutations building up in populations over time continues over these generations, we will go extinct. And that's why evolution is false. It is not true. It is falsified at the fundamental of what a mutation even is. The, the very thing that's supposed to drive evolution, the very thing, the very model that you're proposing proposes that mutations are what caused us to evolve from literal fish to land dwelling animals all the way up from Lucy all the way up to mankind. Well, is this it? Are we done evolving? No. I don't want to take up all the time. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Um, you, you once said um, that uh, rocks conceived. Do you still believe that? Or evolution teaches that. that rocks conceived? Uh, well, actually, we, we know that evolution teaches that because it is, like I said earlier, it's defined as chemical evolution. And then number two, I can actually show you a paper that actually explains this. So I'm going to go to the paper right now, actually. A paper that explains how we descended, that we wouldn't even be here. The title of the paper is that you owe your life to a rock, Mr. Jones. And of course, this is one of the things that you brought up in your videos is a supposed lie that Matt Powell and Kent Hovind spew, but it is mm -hmm. common knowledge. I'm going to look it up here. The title of the paper is, You Owe Your Life to a Rock. Here it is. This is the title of the paper. You Owe Your Life to a Rock. The title of the paper is, Oops. You Owe Your Life to a Rock. How is this? Here okay. it is. Oops. All right. Sorry about that. You Owe Your Life to a Rock. Let me, let me get this back over here. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, let's see. You owe your life to a rock. Erosion of metal-rich granite long ago set the stage for multicellular organisms. Check this out. This is, this is literally what your theory is saying. It says, thank goodness for granite. This is how the, the article starts out. Thank goodness for granite. You know what? I would, thank, I would thank God for life, not rock. Thank God that we're alive. Thank goodness for granite. If not for the formation and sub... Uh, subsequent erosion of large quantities of metal-rich granite on a supercontinent. What is going on? Multicellular life would not exist. These heavy metal elements, Mr. Jones, had to erode from the granite that somehow came here by chance, a rock that we can't create on purpose, somehow created itself by chance. And then when it was raining for two million years... It eroded the rocks to a point where multicellular life would now be able to use those chemical compounds to survive. That is what evolution teaches. That is chemical evolution. That is the fundamental of the theory. I'd have to read that again. I, I, I did read it once, but I'd have to read that again to make sure. It is what but we're saying. So I'm not, I'm not some lying. Of the, you accuse some me of lying. Life are already on this planet, though. What's that? 
some of the ingredients for life were already on this planet. Say that one more time. Some of the ingredients were already on this planet. Yes, but the ingredients for life would not have assembled themselves if it weren't for the heavy metal elements that came out of the granite rock when it was being rained on for two million years, according to the model. So, so single rock. Life, yeah. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, so single-celled organisms could exist without it, but multicellular organisms, according to evolution, could not have existed, according to this paper, could not have existed unless these heavy metal elements were eroded from the rocks. So when you come on here and say, nobody believes, or when you get on your channel, nobody believes that we came from rocks, that's just a lie. You're just hearing that from other atheist YouTubers, because this no. is what evolution teaches. If evolution teaches that the earth was a hot, molten ball of rock, and then it rained on the rocks for millions of years, and out of that soup came me and you uh, over generations and variations, that is what evolution teaches then, is that we evolved from rocks, that we descended from the chemical elements contained in these rocks. So that is the model. I'll have to I'll, I'll have to read up on that because I didn't I didn't anticipate um, that uh, that question. But isn't it just? It, I'm not trying to be down on you, Mr. Jones, but isn't it kind know. of isn't it kind of not a good thing to get on video and to bash me and say Matt Powell's a liar? He's just making all this stuff up. He's disgusting. When I have sources for everything that I brought forth today, sources for, sources for every claim that you said I've lied about. Uh, I've brought sources for uh, forward for. So I would just encourage you to make sure to do research before you I jump onto that. discussions like this and don't call me a liar for making a certain claim that has been verified in this discussion because it is a true claim. This is the model. The, the rock thing, no, I don't believe uh, for one second, no. Because I think you're oversimplifying because um, you said on video yeah, that a rock... You said on video. You said on video that a rock conceived. What I said was. Can you tell me how a rock conceives? Can you say that again? I I can barely hear you. Are you asking you, me about you how said, a rock conceives? You said on video a rock. They believe your exact words. They believe a rock conceived. Correct. Can you tell me how. You, yeah, you tell me how a rock can conceive. I don't believe it can conceive. I but you never, said it I, did. But here, okay, but no, your model is claiming that it did because it rained. No, no, on no, the no, rock. no, no. You said it, it did on the rock, and the rock within that rock, heavy elements came out, and then we evolved from those heavy elements. That means that we were conceived from rocks. It's not hard to figure not out. Not conceived at all. It's a total misrepresentation. You, you're trying to it's oversimplify things, and it's ridiculous. It is not a misrepresentation. It is complete misrepresentation. Well, you said viewer, a rock conceived. Then, then, How does a rock conceive? Then let the viewers decide. The viewers can pull up the article for themselves that says in the title of I'll it. I'll pull it up myself. You yeah. owe your life to a rock. That's the yeah, title I'll read of the, the I'll read the paper. But I'm asking you right now, how does a rock conceive? You tell me. I don't believe that what, it did. What does it say in the paper that a rock conceived? What does it say in the theory of evolution that a rock conceived? At this point, we're just, this point, we're just arguing hermeneutics. You're you're moving the goalpost. I'm not moving the goalpost at all. I'm not moving the goalpost at all. You mentioned I've rocks. You on this many times. All right, I've gentlemen. You on this many times. Gentlemen, let's let's relax. Let's try to do it one at a time here.
That's fair enough. You mentioned rocks. You said a rock conceived on one of your videos. You said that this is the theory of evolution. This is what it teaches, a rock conceived. You tell me where in the theory of evolution does it say a rock conceived? The reason that we know that according to evolution, a rock would have conceived is because, <sighs> and I've explained this many times. I'm going to explain it one more time and then I'm, I'm done. Because these heavy chemical elements that were contained in the rocks were rained on and were eroded out of the rocks. And then those heavy chemical elements were what made our life possible. So yes, the title of the article is you owe your life to a rock. And that is what they are saying. They say, thank goodness for granted, or we wouldn't be here. They're saying no. we descended from rocks. They're saying that life came about via spontaneous generation, via soup. And you said that the RNA world was a good mechanism to rely on. That's the one that I personally buy into is the RNA world hypothesis, which I debunked just a few, about 30 minutes ago, just by reading the paper it. to say that DNA and sunlight, sunlight and water destroys DNA. So how is life going to assemble itself in sunlight and water on rocks? Explain that to me. Well, I still haven't, I still haven't had an answer about how a rock conceived a word. I've answered you three times. No, 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 you didn't. Three times on this. No, you didn't. How does a so, rock conceive? How does I'm a rock gonna, produce I'm an egg? Gonna, Mr. Jones, I'm not going to answer you again. I will say How this. does a rock produce an egg? How does a rock produce sperm? How does a rock reproduce? A rock How does it reproduce? A rock conceived RNA via oh. erosion of the granite, erosion of the chemical analysis, the chemicals, the heavy elements in this article that were eroded, that somehow conceived, that somehow assembled themselves in sunlight and water, the very thing that destroys DNA. I can't even believe somehow. that we have to have discussions like this because you should be able to just say, okay, you know what? Sunlight and water destroys DNA. I'm throwing it out. But you'll still sit here and argue, well, why are you saying a rock conceived? I'm not saying a rock conceived. There you are said people it. out there. What's that? You said it on one of your videos. I said that these people think a rock conceived. In fact, I have college yeah. students. I have You're college not showing any evidence to, to back right it up. College students telling me that they believe rocks conceived over God created the universe. Man, one. I was at Arizona State University, and I interviewed them. And in fact, I could pull up, I, I could show you the interviews of them saying, yeah, we believe we came from rocks. Oh, please do. Please do a video about it. I will release a video about it pretty much, pretty, pretty quick here because I feel like it should be put out there in the public. I was actually going to wait till a film that I was going to release on this matter. But look, the, the mutation through selection process and the, the abiogenesis soup has been thoroughly debunked. I debunked it just by using some basic scientific papers. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Not in the beginning, nothing exploded and somehow, or nothing rapidly expanded faster than any explosion in history, which is an explosion by definition and created everything that we see around us in the world today. It is absolutely false. It has been falsified. And people that were, would speak of this in an honest manner should just throw it away. Throw the hypothesis of evolution away, Mr. Jones. Accept <laughs> that which is demonstrated to be true, that which is demonstrated to be fact. And that is creation, creationism, creation science. The world was created. Mm -hmm. God loves you. He died for you. He came here 2,000 years ago, died on a cross, was buried and rose again for your sins and my sins, and he wants you to go to heaven with me. I want you to go to heaven with me. 
I don't want you to go to hell. Now, look, I, I understand we're just trying to keep this as a general discussion, but I think we should probably just wrap it up. You have provided no evidence for evolution in this entire discussion. You never answered yes, one of my talking points. Yes, I answered I everything that you said. I literally answered What's, everything that you said. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want some evidence for God. I gave you evidence for God. Time, space, no, and you didn't. Time, space, right and matter. Do, no, I, I want evidence for your God. Well, I've done videos on this uh, explaining that there are only two concepts of religion. There's people who work their way to heaven, and there's people who trust Christ as Savior. Every other religion teaches a work salvation. My faith is in Christ and in the done religion, the one who said that he paid it all when he died for my sins, past, present, and future. But faith is so belief, isn't it? There are only two it? religions. There's only two concepts. So it's not hard to figure out. But faith is belief, isn't it? Faith is yep. belief without evidence. False. Faith is defined as a confidence or trust in someone or something. Look it up in a dictionary. Don't okay, then. No, that's faith. no problem. But I'm still not seeing any evidence of God here. Wait, you just Your God. Wait, wait a minute. You just misdefined faith. Faith is defined as a confidence or trust in someone or something. It is not believing things without evidence. You've been listening to too much R and Ra, my friend. You've been listening <laughs> to too much Mr. Larry Nelson. That comes right out yeah. of his mouth. That was just repeated. If you would have looked at a dictionary, you would have known that. But instead, you're you're watching, you're tr you're trusting YouTubers to tell you the truth instead mm -hmm. of trusting fact. I don't so, I, I don't really have any more to say. So where's your proof of God? Closing, I think maybe where's your proof? For, uh, oh, hang on, okay. you don't get to run this debate. So well, where is your proof for your God? Where is your proof for heaven? I've already said it several times, but I'll, you know, I'll say it one more time. The fact that time, space, and matter exists is proof that it either A, came into existence via magic, uncaused, or that B, somebody caused it. And what Whatever does it say about Time, space, and matter had to be outside of time, space, and matter. Timeless, spaceless, and immaterial. And if it is timeless, spaceless, and immaterial, and could bring something as big as the ocean itself on this earth into existence, that requires power and intelligence. To be able to design life requires power and intelligence Intelli i.e intelligent design it is in your true. opinion no, it, it, okay explain to me how one out of 100,000 million million chances happen by chance i'm still i'm still waiting for evidence for heaven i'm still waiting for evidence for god simply saying that time space and matter exist is not good enough for me simply well, saying it says it in the bible isn't good enough for me that that's that's okay then that's that's on you that's not on me i already explained the model if you want to reject the model that's fine i'm not rejecting the model i'm asking for evidence guys, of the model gentlemen gentlemen we were doing a 30-minute open discussion, and then it went way over 30 minutes. And I appreciate you both having patience and endurance for that, but it's just going to go on and on and on. So <laughs> do we want to get to uh, closing statements? Do we want to do a Q&A? How are you guys feeling? I'm okay with Q&A, me. Q&A sounds good. Do we have any questions in the chat? Well, we should we should have a closing. We should just have closing statements. Just a real quick wrap up. You want to just do two minutes, Mr. Jones? Two minutes each. No, I'd rather go into Q and A. All right, fair enough. Now, Mr. Jones, would you have any issue if I ask any questions? Not at all. Okay, Mr. Jones, if it is not your belief that you come from rocks, then what did you come from if there was no God to guide it? 
Uh, I explained it earlier on. Um, I don't know much about it, and I said this earlier on. Um, I I think that the RNA first is probably the best theory of where we came from. Okay. Let's well, that's abiogenesis. That's not evolution. Okay. Does anyone out there have a question that they want to ask? I mean, I myself, I have questions, but I want to give other people an opportunity. Let's see. I'm looking through here. We've got someone called V57 that says that they want to ask a question. All right. While we're waiting for this person to do it so you guys ain't held up. You guys were talking about the surfing monkey incident earlier, right? You yeah. said uh, you guys were saying over 900 miles, there was this floating debris that basically, according to you, had lettuce and plants on it. And the monkeys were eating the very thing that they were floating on. Now, no, 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 no. My no, memory no. serves me right. Doesn't salt water destroy lettuce and any of this material that you speak I didn't, of? I didn't say that. Okay, what said, did you, uh, how would you like to respond to that? I, I, I said a floating land mass. Um, and, I, uh, and I wish me opening statement of the video was was uh, working properly, but it wasn't. But I showed um, a, a massive land mass floating down the Panama Canal that actually blocked the Panama Canal back in 2010. And it still had upright trees on it. And this landmass, it it could have just snapped away. I'm not saying it could it could be what several meters thick this landmass that snapped away, but we just simply don't know. Do you mind if I comment on it real quick, Brett? Of course, this is you guys' debate. You do things where you want. Sure. So you know this this whole theory that monkeys, you know, surfed on vegetation mats from Africa to South America 34 million years ago. Again, the study is actually based on a fossil. And Mr. Jones, you obviously referenced this at the beginning of our debate or discussion that, you know, it's based on these fossils of these teeth that we found, these molars. The problem is that fossilization, again, is about conditions, number one. And then number two, it would have been catastrophically buried somehow. So even if they did ride across there on a raft, Somehow they were catastrophically buried to the point where their uh, teeth were able to be preserved. And so, you know, just saying, well, we found some fossils of a certain animal over in South America that didn't exist in, uh, or that didn't exist in South America. They existed in Africa. That means that they must have floated across. You know, I am willing to submit maybe they floated across, but in a catastrophic event, and they were buried catastrophically, which is why we find the fossils. People always say, well, they're trying to survive. We find them trying to get on vegetation mats to survive. Yeah, they were running from the flood of Noah. They were trying to survive, and they were catastrophically buried. So it perfectly fits my model. So no matter how this game no, could be played, it, it will not go the evolutionist way. So how did kangaroos get to Australia from Turkey? Well, for one, the uh, in, am I allowed to answer that question, Brett? You guys are more than welcome to do whatever you like with it. Yeah, for one, the sea level would have been much lower. And if you lower the sea level uh, after the flood, uh, obviously it would have been land bridges everywhere. So it would be no problem for kangaroos to be able to simply hop there. It would have been no problem for them. So that would be my answer to that. So why is it implausible for, mon for monkeys to get from Africa to South America and not 
and plausible for kangaroos to get from Turkey to Australia? Because they they hopped, they didn't ride on a raft, Mr. Jones. They 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 walked, they hopped, they hopped across uh, while the uh, water was uh, subducted. It wasn't as high as it is today. The sea level hadn't risen as much. Remember, this is uh, post flood, immediate post flood. They would have been able to get there. Um, so the sea, so the sea levels were lower from Turkey to Australia, but they weren't lower from Africa. They were only lower. In one no, part of the world, you're you're, confl you're conflating two different models. So the, the, the no, creation not. model, the creation model says that there was a flood. The evolution model says that the the, kid, the present is the key to the past. So remember, you have uniformitarianism, which means that these monkeys would have surfed across on water because it remember is peaceful voyage, right? Because it wasn't catastrophic according to evolution, but according to my model, the way that those kangaroos would have gotten to Australia would have they would have simply went via land bridges. Uh, that would connect from Australia to uh, Turkey, if you will. And so that would be the best answer on that. So kangaroos you guys ready for another question? The marsupials as well, the koala bears, and they, they hopped there as well, did they? I, I'm not. What, what did you say? I'm sorry. Are you guys uh, the ready? Marsupials, the, the other marsupials, the koala bears, they hopped there as well. Well, if there's land connecting, it wouldn't be implausible at all. They travel. Animals so travel. Why couldn't, so why couldn't there have been land connecting Africa to South America? Because in the in the model, and I could pull up um, what the continents looked like back then, the continents would have looked like this 65 million years ago. Let me pull it up here. Uh, let me just pull it over here. Yeah. This is what the continents would have looked like. So there were no land bridges that you can see here. So was yeah, but were the land bridges from Turkey to Australia? <sighs> Mr. Jones, I've explained this. <clears throat> no, you, you just bridges. said right on, that, on, on your. And isn't on this your, a Q and A where the, the viewers ask us questions, right? So maybe we should. This yeah, but I know oh, no 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 you don't get away with it that easily. You, I, I you've got that, you've got that slide up. You have got that slide up now. And you've just said that land masses don't exist between Africa and South America. You can't see any. million years ago. This is but what I the, can't the see any land masses. During that time. But I can't see any land masses from Turkey to Australia. Yes, because this is an evolutionary assumption page. This is an evolutionary assumption picture. This is how they think it looked back then before. All right, then. Well, show me a picture with some land. Show me a picture with some landmass between Turkey and Australia. Look, I, I'm not. Look, I'm showing you what your model is is proposing here via 65 million years ago. I don't know if you can. And I'm read asking it. you for evidence right of your model. I've given you evidence of my model. The, no, you haven't. The, where are the landmasses from Turkey to Australia? And we have to, Mr. Jones, in this discussion, then we have to agree to disagree, and we have to move on. I'm sure there's no. I'm asking questions. you. You've just you've just tried debunking the Africa to South America. I'm going to debunk now this Turkey to Australia business. Gentlemen, where are the landmasses from Turkey to Australia? This is your model. Show yeah. evidence of your model. Okay, this is not my model. What you're seeing on the screen right now. I didn't now, say it was your model. model. I said. From okay, Turkey I'm, to Australia, explain, you said for the you said from Turkey to Australia time. there are land masses, and a kangaroo hopped right. from Turkey right. to Australia, gentlemen, and I want some gentlemen. evidence for that. 
gentlemen, this is the Q&A section of it for people to be able to ask the, the folks in uh, the show questions. Um, and I, I will say this. This is not Matt Powell's page. He's showing you what the evolutionists are saying. That is what he said three times. I don't know yes. if you guys are hearing each other clearly or what's happening here, but this, uh, right. this was said three times. But let me ask, let me ask yet again, this is his model. Kangaroos got from Turkey to Australia hopping on land masses. Where is the evidence for this? I've already explained it. The, after the flood, post-flood, the sea level would have been much lower. And if you bring the sea level lower, even just a few hundred feet, you're going to start to see land everywhere. So that Even is in the, the Atlantic? Level. Well, I provided plenty of proof for the flood. I don't need to provide you with evidence. I can provide you with proof of the flood. Well, you, you, you just made a claim, so provide some evidence. Post-flood, that's what we would predict. That's what we would predict post-flood because of the water still running off of the right earth. so where are the land masses they're under the water now <sighs> look i'm not going to keep answering this question i've answered this question now four times we need to move on we need to be professional and we need to move on no, i'm asking for evidence of the land masses you've shown right, no me, evidence for these land masses whatsoever. I, uh, guys guys uh, the thing that i'm not understanding in here is you're saying you're wanting these land masses from a site that's about evolution but the issue no. is is we were originally talking about surfing monkeys not land masses and all this closed together it's the scientists that are claiming that it was 900 miles they traveled so what is this exactly from either one of you if you don't mind me asking what does this have to do with the surfing monkeys well it is to do with well, it has nothing it has nothing to do with it it really has nothing to do with it it just it comes down to repeating arguments that he's heard from other youtubers about the problem of kangaroos getting to don't make assumptions from, about me okay I, yeah i don't really have anything else to say on this i think we've tried to we've tried to talk about it we need to just agree to move on mr jones right you oh you said this is this is your slide here this is your slide a so I want to see evolution between that was 65 million years ago. Right, well, go further, go further forward in time then. If there's land masses between Turkey and Australia, there will be some pictures of them, or there will be a computer model of that. So, Mr. Jones, Mr. Mr. Jones, we have to move on. We have people in the Q and A that are asking questions. Fair enough. You, right, you don't want to answer the question. That's absolutely fine. No problem. I've Let's answered it four times. Okay. All right. All right, the next question is this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in the debate, in the discussion, live discussion, however you want to refer to it, there was a comment made about lightning hitting some area of the earth and somehow sparking life into existence. What did the lightning hit that caused life to come into existence? Water. Water. Apparently, that's, that's one of the theories. So what kind of water was this that the lightning hit? I'd probably take a guess at H2O. Okay. So my answer to this would be that it's completely opposite. What, what the evolution model is saying is completely opposite to that of reality and to what the Bible says. The Bible says that life began on the land and that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. 
And so our model teaches that it began on land. Their model teaches that it began on water. But the reason we know it couldn't have happened, notice the wording here, could not have happened in the water. And it is falsified is because DNA breaks down in sunlight and water. RNA is pre-DNA. And if the, pre, if the prebiotic process contained water, by definition, it's going to scatter the DNA molecules and not assemble them. I guess the next question we'd have to ask then, <clears throat> either one Fred, of you. Do we have any questions from the chat? I, I don't. I don't want it to just be. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to look over here on the screen over on this. Let's see. Um, now there's a couple people sitting here talking about Russia and the Ukraine right now. There was someone who had um, asked this question. Let me put it up. Do you see it? Yeah, I can see it. It's just small on the screen. Uh, what does it say? Matt, Matt, you claimed something. Matt, you claimed a possible land bridge. Got any evidence? So it's the same question that Mr. Jones asked. Um, the evidence is that after the flood, post-flood, immediately after, that the sea level was lower. And if you lower the sea level, even just a few hundred feet, there are land bridges everywhere. The sea level is increasing over time via, or it was increasing over time via the water running off of the mountains and off of the land. It would increase the sea level. And so it's not a problem for our model whatsoever. That's the answer. Okay. Okay, do we want to do closing statements? Because apparently people got sidetracked about the Ukraine and Russia. All right, we should do closings. You can go first, Mr. Jones. No, you go first. I went first on the opening. Okay. Well, um, how long should we go for, Brad? Just a couple minutes? You guys do what you feel on it. All right. I'm going to go for two minutes. So let me see here. Um, so overall, I think a good discussion. Um, I want to thank Mr. Jones for challenging me to uh, defend my position on th these matters. I do want to encourage people that, that look into this stuff. And look, I hope I haven't come off as condescending or something. It's just that when I hear so many falsehoods in one discussion or so many uh, lies, I feel like I have to and I'm compelled by what the Bible tells me to do, which is to seek and promote truth to simply point out the errors. And I think that I've done that today. I think that the evolution model really does not have the answers. That's really, I know it doesn't have the answers. Mutation via selection, creating uh, these populations over generations is false. It is falsified. Uh, it proves that in the beginning, we started with a perfect genetic code, and then it got corrupted. And then mutations have accumulated over time, decreasing the lifespan. We die from mutations. And so I think that it's important to point out that the Big Bang model is, is false. To, to claim that all matter existed in an energy form in an infinitesimally small dot is beyond absurd and does not have any scientific backing. In order for it to be science, it has to be demonstrable, testable, and repeatable. And like I said, if I'm wrong on any of these matters, I am compelled by reason to change. And that's the difference between my model and Mr. Jones's model, is that evolution, uh, they're always going to come up with rescue devices for it. When you point out, okay, water could not have been what life started in because water scatters RNA, it scatters DNA. 
In fact, when the FBI does research on people that have died, when they do forensics, they look at somebody that died in water versus somebody that died in fire. The fire, the person that died up in the fire, died in fire, is actually, they can trace the DNA better because fire doesn't scatter the DNA molecules as much as water does. Water scatters DNA. When somebody dies in water, it's hard a lot of times for forensic people to identify what's going on in there. Why? Because it scatters the DNA. That means that life is more likely to start. A biogenesis, the theory he was proposing in this discussion, is more likely to happen in a grill, a hot, fiery grill, than in the water. But people that don't think about this, that don't think through what they're saying, they'll say, well, bubbly, bubbling within the broths of the ocean with some chemical soup. I'm sorry, chemicals destroy life. Soup destroys life. Uh, I'm sorry, our ancestor was not Campbell soup that got eroded off of some granite rock. Our ancestors were Adam and Eve. Y chromosome Adam, mitochondrial Eve. And we can verify that they lived in the distant past via mutation rates and that there was a flood about 4,500 years ago. And I've shown the geological evidence of that. And so in closing, I just want to encourage people that are listening to do the research. Don't believe what I'm saying. Simply do the research yourself. Um, and I think Mr. Jones would probably say the same thing. So Mr. Jones, just want to say thanks for, thanks for the invitation. And um, I thought overall it got heated, but I did think it was a good discussion. And I want to wish you the best. Take care. Mr. Jones. Uh, you too, Matt. And thank you for coming on and accepting uh, uh, the invitation to this discussion. Um, I want to wish you and your family and everybody at uh, Dinosaur Adventureland all the very best. And I really do mean that. Um, let me see. I've heard an awful lot of evolution bashing. I've heard a lot of um, uh, Big Bang Theory bashing, abogenesis bashing, but I've not heard any evidence so far for God, only time, space, and matter. Um, but I, I just don't know. Um, yes, I've done research. Uh, yes, I went to Sunday school when I was a kid, read the Bible, um, and I questioned the Bible when I, when I was a kid. You know, I you know I asked how can snakes talk, and you know, and and all the rest of it, the, the usual the usual stuff when you when you were a child. Um, well, I've heard no evidence for and, and no evidence for creation. Only God did it, and it says it in the Bible that God did it. But God, uh, the Bible is the word of God, but it's circular reasoning. And and Matt said he has a problem with circular. Oh, certainly there is a problem with circular reasoning. So uh, I honestly don't know. I'm. Like I say, I want to uh, thank, obviously, Brett Keane for hosting this as well. And yes, I do encourage people to look into it because there is no scientific evidence for the supernatural. And God is apparently supernatural. And there's no scientific evidence for this. None whatsoever. There is no, there is no scientific evidence in the Bible. Uh, the Bible is factually incorrect. Uh, the Bible describes the earth as flat, and obviously we know that the earth isn't flat. The Bible describes whales as fish, and we know that they are not fish. Why would God put whales in the sea and make them breathe the atmosphere? It seems crazy to me. Um, but, you know, I'd just like to um, 
obviously just finish on this point yes do your own research and come to your own conclusions um but don't uh it's difficult it's difficult yeah just do your own research come to your own conclusions and uh, i just wish everybody the best everybody in the side chat i wish matt and his family all the best i wish brett keen and his family all the very best and uh I hope you live long and prosperous lives and, you know, and just do well in whatever you choose to do. And, and once again, thanks. Thank you to everybody. Thanks to Matt and thanks to Brett and thanks to everybody in the side chat as well. All right. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen, and God bless.